Hello and welcome to the Veer Vulnerabilis Veer podcast. I'm Adam Glinsky. And I'm Albert Imperato. Where we help men communicate and build empathy. Season two of the Veer Vulnerabilis Veer podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Standard and Strange, where the clothes and the people are anything but ordinary, and the motto is own fewer, better things. All right, Albert, we have made it throughout the entire year. This is the the last episode um, of 2020. We are saying goodbye, uh, probably some other expletives to 2020, um, but we're also uh, celebrating a few things here too. And, um, you know, as always, just want to check in with you, see how Upstate's doing and, uh, you know, your thoughts of uh, the, the last of the year. Wow. Yeah, it's been it's been the year that was. Nobody's going to say that this was not uh, a truly epic and monumentally messed up year. Uh, there's been surprises. There's been uh, reality show madness. There's been just every conceivable form of human stupidity. And there's been moments of surprising grace and beauty. So the purpose of our end of year show uh, today is to kind of sort through that, see what's registered on our special guests we have uh, two of our, our favorite regulars. Uh, we've got Neil from Standard and Strange. We've got Evan uh, back on the show and uh, Shades of Indigo, you know him as. And our friend Boo Ray has uh, come back. You heard him on the first episode, actually, of this current season. So we're happy to have Boo join us for, the, for our roundtable. And uh, we're going to be uh, airing this on the Wednesday before New Year's Eve. Uh, so that, that, that's what this is all about. We're going to, we're going to look back and then we're going to look ahead. So, uh, let's look back just a little bit. Um, we know the big, we know the big things that happened in 2020, but let's pick out a surprise. What's something surprising actually that happened for one of you guys. Do you want to start just running out there? Like, wow, what happened that you were, just didn't think was going to happen? And it actually happened. I'm going to say, uh, the, the season two round table, man. I mean, we didn't see that coming. And uh, here we are, um, you know, Neil and Evan have been, you know, pretty much, uh, they're part of the show now. Um, so I did not see that coming. And uh, I'm just excited about, um, you know, the evolution of the show. So that was a, a nice twist that was put on. So thank you, Mr. Reese. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Chris Reese, uh, listen, uh, Mr. Weese is his uh, handle, listening out there. That was his idea to space out the guests so have people have time to, to reflect on what's happened. Um, yeah, anybody else uh, got anything that leaps to mind? Neil, Evan? I wore a ghillie suit for an entire day and rode my motorcycle around town. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we, that wins for the, the most uh, fuck it moment of uh, 2020. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> Could you give us the origin of the word? Where, did, where does the word ghillie suit come from? Who was ghillie? Uh, I think it's a British like military thing because they would... They're like extreme camouflage that's environment specific. So you would use like leaves and branches and sticks and all kinds of stuff and attach it to your camouflage suit so you could hide and disappear into a forest or wherever you were. I don't know where the name comes from, but I do know it's called the ghillie suit. Well, my wish for next year is that you appear with a walk-on in season five of The Crown. Just imagine, like, you just walk through with the ghillie suit, just watch the queen look at you and be very surprised. Uh, Evan, did you think you'd be a, a new homeowner? That's kind of a big deal. No, man. I, 
It is a big deal. It, we're really lucky and fortunate and blessed to have gotten the, the house that we got. And we're technically, I am no longer a Seattleite. I'm now in just north of Seattle. I'm in Snohomish now, which is is and is not a totally different world. Uh, it's not really the city anymore. It's more country. It's a little different change of pace, but it's, it's beautiful out here. And better, better for a bike rides. Better for bike rides for sure. Now it's about um, two hundred miles a day to get to work. That's right. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's actually I I kind of just flipped, and my office is like smack dab in the middle of our old place and our new place. So now I just go south the same amount to get to work. <laughs> So it, it, you know, it, it worked out pretty well. I want to do one of those old things like you see in 19th century, the, the poem about, you know, like John Henry, right? The, uh, the, I want to see you go at it with Neil and see if you could power your bicycle with human power faster than he could do on his motorcycle. I don't think so, man. Especially not if he's in his ghillie suit. <laughs> <laughs> You'll beat me on a bicycle though. Probably, yeah. I, I still I'm have all my bikes. Terrible, I'm not a terrible bike rider. <laughs> I haven't really ridden in years, and I'm so out of shape. Yeah, I. So we just got this house, right? Like the my wife is in charge of the inside, and I'm in charge of the garage. And the garage is basically just a pain cave for bikes. <laughs> so there's not no car, There's no cars in the garage. It's just bike things. And then the whole house is like, you know, it's not that I don't have an opinion. It's just, she has a really good eye for things. And it's like, <laughs> I'll just let her go crazy. And I get you the play to your strengths I play yeah. to my strengths. And obviously I'm married. And so I know when to pick my battles. Decorating the house is not a battle I care to engage in. So, yeah, I'm actually in your category, Evan. I have zero opinion about uh, furniture. And if I live by myself, I would have none of it. So, yeah, I mean, I it's really... one of those things where I'm just like, I have an opinion. If I think it looks bad, I'm going to say like, oh, that's terrible or that's ugly or whatever. But most things I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's nice. Like, that looks pretty good. So, so how about you, Boo? We're not going to put you too much on this individuals on the spot. But, but any, any big surprise this past year or something that happened that you really didn't see coming? Besides the the big one, um, yeah. Listen, uh, you you know I got that I got that Netflix uh, theme song um, for the World War II uh, piece. Uh, I have not seen that. What exactly? What's the name of it? It's called The Liberator. It was about the. It was about the. Uh, oh, that's the animated one, right? Yeah, yeah. That one's really cool. I've watched a few few episodes. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I dug it too. Um, the, the, so I wrote the credit roll theme song for it, which the the actual instrumental plays. But due to Netflix uh, placement, the like the just the intro plays I, before it goes for the switches to the next episode. Now you can't click on the damn thing. Mm. You can you can't <laughs> click on it and hear the fucking song. But 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 unless you <laughs> click on it, you just hear the fucking intro. So. But I, 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 <laughs> well, it's low. Yeah, because it automatically exactly. goes the next episode exactly. on Netflix. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Next time yeah. I watch an episode, yeah. I'll is close that off yeah, so I can actually yeah. hear what what's that's planned. Fine. As long as you can hear the click of the royalty check, boo, it's exactly. totally okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you I hope you hear that that Netflix click. And if you're not, well, you're yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Well, thank you. And and what I find amazing about this question is just how we're all so busy that even a question like, what's your big surprise? It takes a while to come up with one. So I'm sorry that I didn't give you guys a, a further on, on the advanced questions. I'm going to go into a, a second question. Um, and this is the regrets question. I'm going to answer it to, to illustrate what a, the regret answer might look like. Um, my biggest regret of 2020 is not a personal one. Mine is a social one. And I feel that we built up a head of steam with race issues in this country. And this was the year we should have done something about it. And some things may be happening behind the scenes, but given the enormity of everything that happened, I think uh, not enough happened if, if anything happened. And I think that's a tragedy. And I think that's going to come back to haunt us down the road. That's my biggest regret. I don't know why, but I was just walking around today and that popped in my head like, wow, we had so much so much tragedy. We had a lot of tragedy, but the, the, the people in power and lots of people just did nothing about it. I don't, at least I don't see that they've done anything about it. Maybe there's something there. So I'm just calling out to the new administration and saying, Hey guys, do something, do something. Stop making people think you, you know, everybody's talking these days about feeling neglected, overlooked, and no one's paying attention. Guess what? Guess what? That goes uh, goes for everyone, not for people, just for people feeling sorry for themselves. Anyway, that that was my regret. Not to be, not to be a downer, but that was that was my regret. anybody any, anybody have a a regret? Oh yeah, I I got one that immediately popped into my head based on your theme, and I will say uh, cancel culture. Yeah, and that is something that is something that. It just the fact that nothing's been done about that. And I don't even really know what the solution is to kind of this virus that plagues mostly social media platforms and the news media at this, this point. I'm not sure what the solution is to it, but it is such a toxic thing that right now I'm watching um, The Outsider on HBO. I bought a HBO subscription again through Amazon. So I'm like kind of binging some shows again. And this show kind of has this theme of there's this, you know, surreal or, you know, force, if you will, this being that's traveling through different people, different vessels to do its bidding. Right. And that's kind of what I feel like cancel, cancel, cancel culture is, is it's this kind of this toxic virus that is you know it infects people within social media and people kind of latch on to something and they immediately rather than trying to like take a step back and organize their thoughts and give someone the benefit of the doubt or give you know people a little more time and patience and empathy to understand where they're coming from or what they actually said uh they just immediately want to burn them at the stake right <laughs> it's like so counterproductive to you know, working with people and having a very, you know, positive and, you know, uh, beneficial conversation. And rather it's just like, I want this human or this business or this country or whatever it is to just, you know, end. 
and I want them to be fired and I want their life to be over for, you know, some decision or some quote they made, or maybe some hashtag that they made on social media. Um, and I see Neil rubbing his face cause he knows what I'm talking about, but, <laughs> um, it, it's just so pervasive and so dangerous to our culture that we just can't just step back and kind of like have a conversation about things rather than just everyone wanting to like kind of go to battle via these different social and, you know, media platforms that we all have access to and that we all see on a daily basis. That that was a good one. That was a really good one, Evan. Neil, did you want, did you want to, re- did you want to jump in on that? But I, I have a, a an unrelated regret. Um, I regret the falling out I had with my father this year. Wow, that's a big one. Wow. Um, we're close to patching things up, though. But, I mean, I think it's been shit, seven months or so. Where I just really haven't had any contact with them because we were both angry at each other. Um, and that was just... Just really depressing, really sad. I think ultimately, once we were able to patch things up, hopefully we'll feel a little bit closer and like we feel we understand each other a little more and our relationship will be stronger. But um, I just hope that it stays that way. (laughs) Is there a chance that there's a a mixed blessing in what happened to the extent that maybe it will cure the root of some of the things that have driven you guys towards conflict it'll cure one of the root causes it won't it won't cure what i feel is the true root cause which is uh i think my dad's just a victim of online propaganda and he likes being angry and he likes picking fights and that gives him validation or approval in some way and uh it's just a really sort of unhealthy way to have a relationship or an interaction with someone Well. One way to just relate the two things that you guys just talked about is I think what's really needed is a sort of remembering of the power of forgiveness in our in our lives. And uh, forgiveness requires, to a certain degree, a little bit of acknowledgement that we've played a part in hurting someone else. That's the part. Acknowledge, even if you don't actually fully understand it, be willing to say that somebody else is hurting. You may not even understand or agree with it, but you're sorry that they're hurting. And I think if people would just get to that point, the forgiveness can kick in and we can start healing because, um, I mean, going back to cancel culture, it's like, as long as someone says, hey, I didn't understand, I didn't realize I was going to upset someone if I use that term. Okay, I'm sorry. Because everybody's digging in and there's the, the people want to cancel that person and the person who wants to, it, it, the person who's feeling like they're going to be canceled feels that they have to fight back and dig their heels in and have, and everybody get, digs in deeper and deeper. So anyway, I think a little bit of forgiveness would be good for all of us. Yeah. The one thing I'll add about canceled culture is I think that if someone was in that spotlight and the tables were turned on them, that is not at all how they would want it to work. Yeah. I, I feel you on that. Um, and uh, a little ties into to what I, I regret. And uh, it's not really a, a one specific time, but it's uh, all the times I uh, said something that I regret. Um, you know, I, I should have just stopped, held my tongue, taken a breath 
Um, but you know, sometimes the, the stress gets at you and you lash out and, um, you know, sometimes ah, I just, uh, I regret those moments, but I also forgive myself, um, because I know that I'm recognizing this, I'm understanding, you know, the, the triggers and causes of it, and I'm working to, to, you know, do it differently. So, um, mine is definitely a, a personal regret, uh, for myself. Um, but along with cancel culture, uh, relationships with your parents. I mean, both of those are, are huge, huge, huge things, um, in, in our society. And it all kind of ties in with uh, race and hatred. And there's just so much of that. There's so much hate going, going around these days that it's almost normalized. Like we're kind of used to, to seeing that stuff. And when we see the opposite, that's the surprise. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope that uh, in, in 2021, we can show a little bit more empathy, show a little bit more inclusion in conversations for healing. I mean, all of us, uh, all the four things we talked about, that one thing can help. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. This this podcast is a perfect example of what I think a lot of people need in the, in the fact that it's it's people just coming out and kind of speaking their mind or being open and being vulnerable. Um, and I think, that, you know, to go back to cancel culture or whatever it is online, this negativity that floats around, it's just all these people that have all this pent up aggression that like they don't have anyone to talk to or have any other way to get it out. And so they're just like, I'm going to just type this mean comment because it's the first thing that popped in my head and I haven't had an avenue to like release this angst and, you know, anger that I have over something completely unrelated, but this is the trigger and this is how I'm going to get it out, you know? And it is so prevalent because I think so many people don't know how to, you know, positively harness that energy that they have and that, um, those kind of feelings that they're, you know, they're feeling. And because of that, it, it comes out in this attack of some sort or another through a, a social media or whatever else it is. And that's just, you know, them missing something in their life, I think, that is so healthy for everyone to have, which is, you know, therapy or just a, a good buddy to be open with or whatever it is. I don't know how people live with it because the energy that's released either held back or released by bottling all this stuff up or having it come out in an explosive fashion. I, I mean, I send one uh, tweet out that gets hostility back and I'm like racked for an hour. I'm completely anxious <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I get really upset. Someone calls me something really nasty and I can't tell you, I don't know how the hell people I see people who have 32,000 tweets in their, in their feed and almost all of them are them attacking somebody else. And it's a lot of people are do, who are doing it are in politics. And I just can't even imagine what it would be like to be under that barrage all day long or on the other end uh, uh, and being angry all day long, angry, so angry all day long. It's like, fuck, I can't be angry for an hour. I need, I need like a bath and, and, you know, like therapy from being angry for an hour. How do you live that way? So I just, I don't get it. I want to slip in one more regret to be very vulnerable. 
I'm sorry I may come for some of my years of not being able to tell guys what I think back in my closeted days as a young gay dude and being flirty (laughs) with too many guys. Um, Sometimes I'm testing. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. Sometimes I'm testing. (sighs) I'm testing. uh, Being remembering what it was like being a youngster. And wanting to say something that I knew that could probably get me, uh, get my face punched in. And uh, I think I've made up for it on social media by testing the water sometimes. And just sometimes I have never done anything that is really crude. I mean, when I hear some stories of what people do, it's like, I'm like, I am so tame. It's ridiculous. But, you know, for every guy who's like, oh, dude, I'm flattered. There's other people that they don't say so much. And I'm like realizing, hey, my little joke and my little working this out is possibly making them uncomfortable. So I do have a regret on that. I, I'm going to go back and forth with it because it leads me to the next topic. Is it, um, just something that you've seen or heard in culture that's really had an impact on you. And I will throw out here, uh, recently watched a Ronald Reagan documentary on Showtime. And... Related to what I just explained to you guys, I watched 1980s, early 1980s, watching what was happening in our culture uh, when the AIDS epidemic started to emerge. And being a kid my age, just beginning to discover my sexuality and my, my orientation. And all I saw on TV was really angry uh, ministers. Christian types telling me I was going to hell, telling gay people that they were going to hell. I saw people like uh, Reagan caught on camera talking about sin and about, um, you know, people's playing, uh, you know, playing a part in their own sickness. Uh, I witnessed that in the documentary and I swear to God, it was like PTSD. It made me realize that I was watching that and all I saw was sick people Gay people, for me at that time watching culture, was sick people, angry people, and victimized people, and stigmatized people. And that was the culture I was growing up in. And so it's not an excuse, but I will say that fighting through that was not fun. And watching the documentary, I'm like, oh, I didn't didn't, uh, misimagine that, that watching them talk, I mean, they're talking about Armageddon. They're talking about we're, we're, this sickness is a, is payment for, uh, this decadence of, of doing this sinful act. You know, as it, it, it was incredible to watch. It was riveting. So anyway, that was uh, an unexpected, uh, recent show that really had, uh, sh- shaken me up a bit. Uh, I have other ones that were more positive, but that's the, that's the one I'm just going to mention. Well, before I um, talked about the 1,000 Good Nights, um, the Taiwanese uh, TV show uh, came out in 2019 and is continuing there. Uh, Pretty much on the exact opposite of what you were feeling, Albert, um, it kind of showed me a different way of life, um, a a different culture outside of America, um, different set of values um, presented in in a really nice way. And, um, you know, that kind of like journey and adventure is something that, 2020 didn't really have too much of. There weren't really any excursions or, you know, um, you know, finding or discoveries. I think we had a lot of, you know, time on the couch and, and time in chairs, and uh, you know, not not too many times, uh, you know, going out and exploring. So for me, that was uh, a big part of 
you know, okay, I'm seeing something, but you know, I, I don't have to leave my couch to experience a different culture. And it was just really nice seeing the different kinds of relationships that people had, um, you know, through, through a film, not in English. So I feel like I learned a lot, um, seeing something completely in, uh, Taiwanese and just, you know, reading subtitles and experiencing that just a total shift of perception. Um, and it shows that like, you know, the world's big, it's small, it's different, but it, when it comes down to it, the human connections and human relationships are valuable across the world. And each, you know, society has their own way of honoring and respecting those relationships. And it was just really nice seeing a different take on it. So I think that's uh, something pretty cool to, to check out, you know, if you kind of want to see a, a different style of, you know, uh, entertainment. Um, it's definitely a drama, slow paced. So it's not really going to be like an action movie or anything like that. But um, I think that this is a really good way, very uplifting and, and uh, you know, it, it felt good. It was, it was a good, good feeling uh, show. So I really enjoyed that. Wrote it down, going on the list. Yeah. Evan or Neil, anything popping in, into your mind? I got one. The Netflix series Street Food. Ooh. <clears throat> Have you guys seen that? No, but I love Street Food. Uh, so they go to different countries around the world and each episode is sort of a mini documentary on the life story of anywhere from two to three people um, who are successful at street food, <clears throat> whatever they're making. And the majority of them are women, women of color who have just been working their asses off for decades <laughs> and to get to where they are. And, uh, and they tell their stories and many of them are just heartbreaking where they, victims of domestic abuse or someone loaned them money and screwed them over. And just through hard work and luck and community, they built their business and grew it. And a lot of them are community leaders or sort of the matriarchs in their families. And it's really inspiring to see. I mean, I would definitely check it out. Yeah. Going on the list. That sounds good. And, and the food, the food looks fantastic too. <laughs> yeah that, that sounds awesome i just want to know uh they have the donor kebab episode <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um i guess I have, I have a couple usually i watch shows to kind of escape being educated <laughs> or <laughs> like you know what you know escape like reality to some sort uh i recently watched queen's gambit yeah. on netflix that was very good yes. show um, good show really inspiring to watch you know it's based in the 60s ish uh and you know it's cool to see this this female be the dominant force in a you know a, a sport if you will that is you know, at the time, everything was male dominated in the sixties, but in a, you know, a, a thing, which is chess, that is a hundred percent male, you know, all of the, the stereotypes and whatnot of that era are, you know, very well played out. I think, you know, I wasn't alive during that time, but I think they probably did a pretty good job of, you know, portraying the, male chauvinist in that show um so to see this you know young girl be this dominant 
grandmaster chess champion that just annihilates the world um, at something and is the best at something, you know, on the planet is a, a pretty cool show. And, you know, obviously the acting is fantastic and everything else. Um, yeah. I've not read what they've said about the people who created the show about elements of like sort of this magical realism of creating, putting people in roles that you wouldn't have seen in, at the time. And uh, I, I, that, I would just like to go do a little research and, and figure it because I thought that was really inspired because it's, it's going to speak to a, a young. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 apparently, there's a, it's a, it, there was a book. It's based on a book that was written a number of years ago. Um, I have no idea. I've never read the book, but the show is awesome. So if you have not watched the show, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Um, another one that I watched that was just so inspiring and so heavy is the Steve Gleason documentary, uh, who he was a former pro football player. He played for the saints. Um, he ends up being diagnosed with ALS and it's basically a documentary on his, you know, which is Lou Gehrig's, um, slow decline, if you will, into basically not being able to do anything, you know, you're, you're effectively, you're, you're turning, your mind is still there and you're very with it, but you're turning into a vegetable besides that. Um, and he's, you know, he's a new, he's a husband, he's about to be a father. And, you know, I mean, I'm not a crier in any movies or anything like that. I mean, it took me like five minutes of watching that movie to just, come unglued. It is so heavy and just makes you so thankful for, you know, what you have in the life you're living when you watch it. And so inspiring to watch this guy that's just fighting this thing tooth and nail and also becoming an advocate and doing a lot of outreach and, you know, a lot of public speaking and whatnot. Um, and really at the forefront of, you know, I was ALS out to advocacy. dinner about 20, no, maybe 15 years ago with a colleague and he never drank and he started slurring his words. And I was just like, wow, that's so weird. He's not a drinker. Like something's really strange here. And he developed ALS and he's one of my best industry friends. Mm. And that just watching him and, uh, that was one of the most powerful experiences, just watching someone confront that reality. I mean, to just go from what started as a slurred word, then it's, you know, w not able to walk, not able to do this, not able to eat. I mean, it was, you know, then it's, he's at a presentation talking about music and he's using a computer uh, voice to speak. Watching it in real time was just, and, the, the, you know, his his uh, dignity and his nobility was really, really very, very powerful. So. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's effectively what this documentary is. It's, you know, 90 minutes to two hours of that decline sped up. And I don't know how he pulled it off, but like, I mean, he just maybe made the decision as soon as he like knew it was coming uh, to start filming about it. But I mean, they are, in it from the time that he is like just starting to, you know, have those, those signs. 
Wow. And it is, it is something else to see. I guess you'll have to just pick the, the, the night that it's the right thing. Cause that's not something you just casually put on. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a really tough one to like approach, you know, you have to be in the right headspace to be like, yeah, I'm in for a good cry tonight. You know, like it's not, um, it's not a, it's not uplifting in a lot of ways, but it is the greatest catharsis possible to, to have a really, really good cry. Yeah. So, so something about yourself, something that you've learned about yourself this year, something, uh, could be a small thing, could be a big thing. I need to take more road trips. That's uh, something I learned. Um, and as soon as this COVID thing is over, U.S. road trip, Euro road trip, um, I, I just got to travel and just see people. Life's too short. Um, that yeah, just that that one little road trip that that I took to to your place, kind of on the whim, just going there uh, was so fun and just so energizing that it, it got me for, for a long time and I don't want to stop that. So, um, just got to continue. I mean, obviously once it's safe and everyone's okay. Um, but yeah, there's so many people I want to meet face to face. It's so funny walking around my neighborhood. I'm like now like your physical presence, you and a couple of other friends over the summer, uh, who visited is you, you become part of the part of my own memory and landscape. It's kind of like, Oh, that's that's where Adam was sitting, and that's where this other friend was sitting, and Tucker, and blah blah blah. And uh, my God, thank God, it's great to have that memory, and not. I mean, we've been in this house for nine months now. I mean, it's been it's been a lot of uh, a lot of internal time, and and not a lot of. I mean, the, the whole idea of the guest room that hasn't had a guest it just feels so freaking weird that we it was a popular spot with our friends, and um, I'm really I'm really missing it, and uh, I would like to go out to california i'm really missing california right now i'm missing the bay area i'm and now when i go out there i've already got my my group of people that i would see and i could walk into standard and strange and uh that would be that would be really really cool um (laughs) 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 and in terms of stuff that i've uh learned about myself there's no doubt i did have a real big moment this summer of realizing just realizing the uh the need to cut back on the trying to please others aspect of my personality that was a real that was quite a riveting little revelation it's paid dividends um and i it's taught me one other important thing our well-being spiritually psychologically all those ways is a work in progress you don't arrive and say, I've officially arrived and now I'm a well-adjusted human being. Uh, you always have to keep working at it. You always have to keep, uh, it, because you fall off of your best game in little increments. And then suddenly you're very, very off your game and not where you need to be. And you have to relearn the lesson. So I guess that's like a Buddhistic thing. The idea of learning, learning until you actually have learned it. <laughs> so, uh, that's humbling, but at the same time, it's it's great to know that every once in a while you wake up one day and the world feels a little different and something's changed. It does happen. Oh, gents? Yeah, I've got one. I've got one. Um, one thing I've learned about myself, <clears throat> this is something that I already knew, but the more I learned it, it became 
so much more apparent to me. I guess I had a deeper appreciation for it and understood just how true it was. And that is the power of opening up to other people, being vulnerable to them and the deep, strong friendships and support that can blossom from it if you let it. And that's been a thing that's really carried me through this year is just having new friendships, new relationships. I mean, with you guys, it's been a big part of it too. And just that innate need for human interaction that just goes far beyond small talk and just how powerful just a 20 minute conversation with a close friend about something really fucking real, how powerful and uplifting and good for the soul that can be. You just reminded me, Neil, actually I had sent around that article, that Washington post article that we, um, I thought we might want to talk about. And it was about that. It was about men during this pandemic in particular, um, really realizing that they need, they need deeper friendships. They, um, you know, the old, you know, when you're under a lot of stress, just, you know, watching a football game, especially when you can't even be physically in the same space, watching the football game is not going to have the same, the same impact. But I, I really, I really, um, appreciate what you say here, Neil, because this is the most recurrent theme of everybody who contacts us about, about why they like the show. I mean, you gotta, I gotta say, you guys really have added, um, just wonderful variety of points of view. I feel like you guys like filled out this, this spectrum of ideas, um, about life and our experiences and get all these messages like, Oh, Evan said this, or Neil said that, or, you know, Adam's got some, you know, I'm like, do you tell these guys, like, drop them a note. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, right tell us. if you want to tell Evan what you just told me, yeah. it's fine. Or Adam, I called yeah. Adam and we talked for two hours. So I'm like, okay, Adam's getting it too. So that's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, thank God for that. And the best part is it's free. It doesn't cost you anything to pick up the phone and, Call someone and tell them, hey, I've been thinking of you. One of my highlights, Neil, was that night you called me and just like, hey, I'm just calling to put a log on the fire. I was like, that's so awesome. He like remembered something I said and he responded to it. It just made me feel like, hey, that's that's pretty freaking cool. Oh, that was a great analogy. Oh, it was cool that you did that. Mr. Evans, yeah, did you want to? Thanks. It was cool that you picked up. I'm a publicist for a living. I always pick up the phone because it could be the Today Show, like begging me for my artist. Happened once in 20 years. Evan? Um, I mean, kind of to piggyback off of what Neil said, I mean, I guess it, it took a global pandemic for me to realize that, like, I actually do need human interaction in my life. Um. <laughs> You know, because I'm not a people person. You know, I'm, I'm very content being by myself. I'm very happy with my alone time. That's how I recharge. That's how I, you know, choose to be when I am, you know, when I have the opportunity as, you know, a husband and a father, I don't have a lot of that time. But when I do have it, I, w- I choose to be alone and I choose to, you know, ride my bike or whatever it is. Um, but after a few months of a global pandemic, it's like, 
I'm striking up conversation at the grocery <laughs> store. And usually <laughs> I'm like, I just want to get my stuff and get out of there, you know? <laughs> and so it, it's incredible what, you know, it, sort of isolation and that cabin fever can do and make you realize about yourself. And that it is, even if it's maybe less than some people need, everyone needs that human interaction, that positive human interaction. And, you know, even a brief five to 10 minute conversation with a neighbor or, you know, a good friend is so massive to your, you know, your mental health and your well being as a person. And it's crazy that it took a once in a century pandemic for me to realize that, but it's going to be it really did. interesting <laughs> when things change and we, we emerge from this period of which of those new habits that we've picked up and which of those values that we've uh, adopted will stick with us and which ones will just be like, Oh, been there, done that. Let's move on. I really pray that we just wake up fully and are just enjoy, just enjoying that thing that we very get r- rarely in life is knowing something and having that thing to enjoy. A lot of times we, it's one is you have one or the other, you have the thing that you don't appreciate or you have the appreciation that you don't have the thing that you really want. It's rare that you have that thing that you actually appreciate. And I think that's how we should, it's kind of like we have a democracy, let's appreciate it. Or we have uh, a very beautiful planet, let's appreciate it and honor it and show it respect. So that, that will be very, very interesting on the other, on the other side of this. Yeah. I have this romantic idea that once, you know, the, the vaccine is taken hold and a lot of people have gotten it and things are getting back to normal and restaurants are open again for inside dining that everyone's just going to be so excited and in such a good mood to go out to their favorite restaurant or their favorite bar and have a drink. And it's just going to be such a positive excited atmosphere and no one's going to be an asshole to the waiter or the waitress, you know, because they're just so excited to be out there, you know, and God knows the restaurant industry needs it. But like, I just have this hope that that's what it's like. And I can't wait to go and give my money to restaurants to have a nice meal inside sitting down. And I hope it's sooner rather than later, you know, this even like late spring, maybe latest or whatever summer, my birth, my birthday's in July. I'm hoping for. Yeah. Seeing the light at the end of the tunnel has been giving me a lot of energy because I learned that I'm actually a little bit higher up on the vaccine list on account of my bum ticker. Is that something? Is that something that you had to do a little research on or did you get actually notified by somebody by a health, I didn't get notified. I just did some research and congenital heart defect uh, kicks me up on the priority list. Well, so, I mean, I, I told everyone that worked for me that whenever the dust settles from this pandemic, like when it started, whether like we're out of business or not, who, who knows what's going to happen. We're going to take everyone to Japan for two weeks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if we're open, we'll just shut the store, tell everyone, you know what? We're taking a vacation. We'll get, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get back to you (laughs) later. So that's actually looking like it might happen in six or eight months. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, 
I really hope uh, that happens and uh, all your employees get to go and it's a fun ass time. That yeah. sounds like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest hurdle is having everyone get, get all their passports. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're West coast. You have a, sh- a shorter flight to Japan. So good for you, Adam, Adam, we talk every week really about, about things about ourselves and about our growth. And I've just witnessed so much of change in you in the year in the year that I've known you. I'm just wondering what's your do you have a something you want to mention about your big surprise about yourself? The thing you've learned about yourself? Because you're always learning stuff. You're you're a learner and you're curious. I mean like like you were saying before, um how you have to kind of you know go at it every day. I mean that's I mean that's practice. Um that's training. Um you know, and that's something that, that we hear all the time in meditation. You know, that's what medita- meditation teachers say all the time is it, it's not about the thing you did once. Yeah, I, man, I crushed it. I meditated for an hour, two months ago. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. No, it's, it's an everyday practice um, like yoga, like communication, like deepening relationships. It, it's an everyday thing. And, um, you know, it, that's something that we really just have to continue to commit to. Um, one thing that that um, we kind of talked about uh, on the previous episode with uh, the Lorias and um, Danny and Ali, um, you know, facing, facing the dragon and kind of uh, really accepting the idea to, to face hardship. And what I want to do um, for 2021, and I want to invite um, our listeners to do the same, it's not a resolution, it's a challenge. Um, because this is going to be ongoing and it's a daily thing is when you feel the, the resistance, when you feel the, the urge to divert, um, having a hard conversation or sharing your feelings or, you know, maybe not saying something, um, you know, obviously don't just, uh, lash out at someone, um, that that's not what we're going for here, but having the hard conversation, um, I, I, I would like to say the VVV challenge. Um, is to go ahead and have the conversation at the first moment when you feel like, oh, you know what, it's not today, or you know what, maybe tomorrow. Either immediately start it, make the phone call, send the text, send the DM, um, start the conversation because everything that we kind of talked about here tonight um, was needing the, needing an outlet. I, I kind of distilled that down to it. Is there's so so much anxiety, stress, tension, hatred, everything sometimes even joy and happiness and excitement. I mean, we're, we're sharing our excitement and joy that we got from TV shows and, you know, Netflix series. Um, tell someone, you know, ha- strike up that conversation. So I would like to, to give myself a personal challenge as well as everyone else. Um, as soon as you feel that resistance, that's the moment you jump in. Great hashtag VVV challenge. We'll be using that one. <laughs> Uh, in future posts. And it is, it becomes a little bit of a reminder, a little bit of a, of something to hold on to when you need to uh, take some action and you need that little boost because that's, I mean, just, that's just reality. There are times where you just need that little push. And sometimes you have to provide your own, your own push to, to do certain things. So that, that's a really great one. And um, uh, that, I, that's actually the last item on, on my list of questions was going to be something that you want to do in 2021. But before that, so uh, I want to just, we've been talking about shout outs, Adam. I've been really enjoying the idea of giving people shout outs. So um, I want to go around and ask people to give a special shout out to someone who made a difference for them this year. 
uh, somebody who taught them something, just let them know. And I'm, I'm going to start actually and just say, uh, Neil, I'm going to shout you out and just say that a lot of people talk about doing good work, uh, being committed, committed, being politically active, and they get, you know, they make two phone calls and they're done. And we watched you over and over again, posts all year and <laughs> all year and uh, in, with your store, putting your store on the line. And then the Black Friday, <clears throat> like give it all. I'm going to, it was the most perfect uh, selflessness to actually create a day where the more money you made was the more it was going to cost you. It was the exact opposite of a business model. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank you because I think that's that's the inspiration. So when I when I get down uh, about how our how certain people are behaving and their awful motivations, I'll be like, well, Neil Neil did some pretty cool shit, and uh, he's a real person. I know him. So thanks for that, Neil. Thank you. I'm blown away. And your team. And your team. I'm very proud knowing you. Thanks. Neil. You're. you're I mean, that's sort of the point for us is if we're going to do something charitable or something that's not for ourselves to stick our neck out, take some risk. Cause that's one. I found that taking risk in things in any aspect of your life is how you grow. Um, and for us as a business, you know, we've done all right this year. Things are not dire. And, you know, we, we could sort of afford to do the black Friday thing in a way like it wasn't going to put us out of business is what I mean. <laughs> you know, and I was fully prepared. Like if it got out of hand, I like, I was going to stop it. <laughs> like if it got out of hand, like if we were going to sell everything that we have, which I knew would not happen, you know, but like we can't be left with no stock because that sort of defeats the purpose of it. Cause if we can't, if it makes us go under, then we can't continue to do good things in the future but but, but anyway it, it was like your second best best sales day though wasn't it It was our second best sales day in the history but you know that's one day you know without kind of going into too much detail like there is no way that we can sell our entire inventory of between two stores in one day i mean i guess i guess it, technically it's possible but I don't want to see it because <laughs> that means we got other problems, <laughs> <laughs> but and it, to get back to my point is um, <clears throat> making what we do sort of, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of sting a little bit. I want it to be something that we don't just be flipping about like, Oh yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's see what happens. Let's give, you know, 500 bucks here or whatever there. Like I wanted it to be a very meaningful amount of money or effort or time or whatever that was relative to our scale. And that's sort of the point of it. Well, you made the point, man. You made it loud and clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, I mean, it's been, it's been really good for us too. Cause the, the sort of the funny thing is the best marketing that we've done this year has been about our values and who we are as people and how we, how that influences our decisions as a business. And it's been a nice side effect that by no means is our motivation for doing it. I never do it because, of, Oh yeah, this is going to you know be good press or be good, whatever we're doing it because we feel it's the right thing to do. And then karma makes itself known <laughs> and shows its face and it comes back to us in one 
one way or another. Which just gives us more motivation to keep it up, really. Yeah. Please do. We we all are celebrating you, and I hope nothing yeah, but continued thanks. success for well, <laughs> our, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Well, our latest raffle is going really well. Uh, yeah. We've raised just over $5,000 in a day and a half. Dang. So we're going to double the prizes. So there will be okay. uh, two pairs of boots and two Ship John jackets up for it. That's crazy. Those Willis jackets, I mean, every time he makes them, they are sold out. So that no, they've got a wait list. Like they do yeah. like a like there's like a monthly list you get on, and then it's uh -huh. like buying it's like buying uh hype sneakers. Yeah. Or a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, Mike Mike was kind enough to to kick down some jackets for us on it too. I'm glad glad that he's a part of it. Because Chip John has done also done some really amazing charitable stuff too this year you know it's it's really really good to see other people in the community stepping up and sticking their neck out um so yeah so shout outs or something in 2021 that you're hoping to accomplish uh evan you got anything in that department not to put you on the spot but you heard adams i gave my shout out no that's fine i mean yeah i mean i i'll Definitely, you know, shout out my wife. She's my better half and my, you know, my best bud. Um, and she's just an incredible human being, you know, to see her go through this whole crazy year that we've had. And like, you know, she's so resilient and so um, relentless in her drive and in her focus. Um, it's it's pretty cool to have a partner like that. Uh, 2021, honestly, the goal is not even really under my control, but as much control as I can have over it, my goal is just to get back to normal as much as possible, <laughs> uh, whatever that may be. Um, and if, if normal doesn't come, then it's just to continue to adapt and embrace, embrace what, you know, privileges I have. Well, we're, we're really psyched that we got a chance to meet your wife and that she participated yeah. in a show. She was, a, she was a really, really good guest. And we had, we had a lot of fun meeting, meeting her and, and we'll have her back. We'll have her back in 2021. If she's up for it, you're on the, you're on the other side of the move. I remember a couple of, couple of weeks where there was a lot of DMS about how's, looking for a house and going through the whole process. And then suddenly you're in the place. It's just, you move the rock. The rock is big. Dude. <laughs> Moving sucks so bad. It's like the worst thing in the world. It just sucks so bad. And so, I mean, honestly, it sounds terrible because I love the house that we got, but I'm just so excited <laughs> because it means we're probably not going to move for a really long time. Well, it, it is good when you move into a place that you actually want to stay in. I mean, what? yeah, no, yeah. It, 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 uh, honestly, we're super fortunate and shocked that we were in the position and got lucky enough to get it. Um, and so we probably will not be moving for a very long time, which is awesome. Well, congratulations. It's quite an <laughs> achievement. I actually had a friend call me the other day and he's like, well, I think this house will be good for the next five years. And I'm like, 
you're gonna already you're already planning for the next move. That sounds scary. That sounds just weird. I've been yeah, no. That, I mean, I, I I understand the investment idea behind it, but this is not my angle when it comes to buying a house. Like, I'm I'm in the same apartment since the '80s, and my house now is 20 years old up here. And I if if I spend the rest of my days here, that'll be just fine. And speaking of 2021, I'll be uh, heading into age 59 next summer, July. And I had made a mental note, like I might stop the music thing at age 60. So uh, depending on uh, lots of factors and lots of things that have happened, one of my 2021s is to really give a hard look at, at what it is I'm going to do in my, my next phase. It might actually be more, more time in music because things have, there've been some surprises and things that have happened in the last couple of months that could change the directive direction. And I'm, just realizing and living with the reality that uh, there's all kinds of unintended consequences and surprises and mysteries and things that happen in life. And it's great to have a, a really overarching plan, but it really is true. It's important to live in the moment. It's really, really important to live in the moment because a lot of really full, meaningful, uh, nu- nutritious, healthy moments um, kind of make the your your life just sort of a nice path, whatever the path may be. And that maybe that's something I'm, I'm hoping to make more, more a part of my consciousness, that, that idea that's, it's really my, my day-to-day enjoyment and learning and, and going to bed every night feeling like, Hey, that, that was pretty cool. I heard a new piece of music. I had a good conversation. I actually did a little exercise. I finished a book and I got a good recommendation on a new movie series. I mean, that's kind of not too bad for one day. So, uh, yeah, no, it's not good. so awful. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I had on my list. A- Adam, did you have any other, any other things that you wanted to add to the, to the, to the mix? We're, we're about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just kind of wanted to, to chat about your 60th for a second. Um, cause it's, I, I think, uh, we, we all kind of know a little bit of information on it, but, uh, have you heard of, uh, Ken Reiki before? No. Okay. So this, this would be pretty pretty fun to, to share here. But um, so in Japanese tradition and also Jewish tradition, it's super weird that there's this parallel here um, that at age 60, you kind of just start over again. Um, it's the end of like the Zodiac calendar. Um, and in Jewish tradition, it's kind of like, that's just like, all right, you made it, man. Um, like you're good. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what's funny is, um, yeah. Bonus time. Uh, so, 60, if you make it to 73, you kind of have another bar mitzvah because that's like, you know, you started again at 60 and then 13 again, um, you have another bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, whatever. Uh, so there's a whole kind of rebirth and recycle at age 60. And it's kind of, um, it's, it's funny that you pick that, that age because there's such a, a, a big transition that happens there. And, uh, it's a, it's a big part of our show too. Um, so I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun celebrating your 60th birthday. Well, we got we've got a little ways to go. I've got you know, fifty nine <laughs> in July, and then then another year uh, at that point. But uh, yeah, I've I've been to a Kanreki yeah. party before in Japan. How was it? Yeah, I went to uh, Haraki Songs. Kanreki Ironheart. Yeah, I just happened to be in Tokyo <laughs> when it was going on, and they invited me, but I didn't know it was a Kanreki. They just said, "Oh, we're having a party. Come here." And we go there and that's what it is. And that's the first, first I had heard of it. I found it fascinating. But another thing I learned 
is you yeah. wear red. Yeah. Because red is the color that they give the babies. So Albert, when you turn 60, you got to get something mm-hmm. dope that's red. A red ghillie suit. A red onesie. A red ghillie suit. <laughs> a red leather jacket. Yeah. A, a red onesie. Red pair oh, of We're going to have too much fun. Yeah. We're going to have too much fun. <laughs> I'm kind of digging this whole rebirth thing. I just, you know, if I'm still on Instagram at 60, that's going to be a little weird. But you know what? There's, there's a handful of guys who are even older than me. Whenever I think I'm the oldest dude in the room, I have a handful of denim dudes who are like, I'm 65. Shut the hell up. That's such bullshit. <laughs> so anyway, there's always some somebody with more authority. More, I, I is uh, I, I'm gonna have to do a little research on that though. I, I've got I got to get my shit together for sixty. <laughs> I feel I really feel like I've got to have a big plan. I'm thinking big red tent in my backyard and people coming okay. from all corners of the globe for a party. I'm down. <laughs> put Hudson Va- put the Hudson Valley on the and, and maybe it's filmed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm thinking VVV network when we have our show on the air and, and sounds uh, like VV vanity right there. Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> very, very voluptuous <laughs> vanity. Um, anyway. Yeah. So that, it was the year that was, it was a, it was um, an amazing time talking and uh, I'm really gratified the last couple of days, Adam in particular, some of the people that we talked to, um, realizing kind of like this in- interconnected community, people talking about uh, uh, shows that they listened to that really impacted them, them wanting to talk to us about things. I mean, today in our in our uh, one of our earlier chats, it was so amazing that they, he was referring, our guest was referring to something he he heard us talk about in one of the early episodes. So um, it's very gratifying uh, just getting something out there and and. I feel like a, a, a really lovely community um, came together and thank you for being Mr. Yes. I call you Mr. Yes. Cause every time I'm like, could you do two podcasts tomorrow? Sure. Yes. You know, like he did two podcast tapings today and worked all day long and he's got a kid and that's a lot of yes. So thank so you for I- saying yes. And <laughs> Evan and Ethan, you guys are, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Evan and Neil, Ethan. I was talking to him earlier. I've I've had the 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 nineties Ethan Hawk. People oh my god! Yeah. Like him, which I will take. <laughs> I will take. That's Any actually true. Yeah, those that's are the uh, the yeah. the Richard Linklater uh, movies as well, right? All those before sunrise and after sunrise and all that stuff. I did write him a, a note inviting him on the on the podcast, uh, just because I was just so incredibly moved. Um, watching Days and Confused again, and 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 knowing that we might get Adam on the show, I mean, it would be so cool to talk to to Richard Linklater. But anyway, it's the end of the year. Happy almost New Year or New Year's if you're listening. You know, you'll be listening to this a couple of days before New Year's. Be safe, everybody. Um, make some dreams. Be good to yourself. Be kind, and uh, let's just let's just love one another. It's really that simple. Anyway, Adam, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, I just uh, I want to say thank you to to all the listeners, um, to Neil, to Evan, obviously to you, Albert. This has been another year of just straight fun. Um, it's it's been work, but man, this is this is fun for me. And um, you know, let's let's go into 2021 with an open heart. This has been another episode of the Veer Vulnerabilis Veer podcast. I'm Adam Glinsky. 
I'm Albert Imperato. I'm Neil Barrett. And I'm Evan Blanchin. Thank you for listening.